Hello and welcome. You're here at The Journey. My name is Jill and today is Wednesday, May 25th, 2016. We are here back in the middle of the week. I'm so happy that you're here with me. As you know, I'd like to start with a question, but before we do that, we're going to do the housekeeping part, which is... If you want to find this podcast, you can find it and more over at survivalroad.net where you can check in once every 24 hours to keep your life on track with focus, motivation, fuel, accountability. I'm thinking accountability is the hard part. No, wait, I know accountability is the hard part. So if you wanted more accountability, regardless of what you're focusing on, that is what I am trying to implement over there. If you want just the podcast, you can get that at soundcloud.com, iTunes, Stitcher, under the journey with Jill. So with that, last time we talked about decision making. Today, we're going to expand, although we're going to take it in kind of a radically different direction, because for whatever reason, I came up with the word wild lately. I changed the title from uh, Survival Road to Living and Dying as a Daily Decision to what it means to live wild, I mean, to live free and to die wild. And I was thinking, you know, I hadn't thought about that word wild, wildness, very recently, but it's one of those words that sort of activates something in me. So the question officially is going to be, do you want to be free, wild, or both? And the reason why I want to talk about that is the more I was thinking about the idea of wild, wildness, is how did it relate to freedom and why did I care? And you know, one of the things that's been happening is I have been focused over at the other site trying to figure out how to be accountable, just trying to do it yourself. I think one of the reasons why I don't want to do the videos is because I have to actually visually document the fact that I'm not accountable and I can totally fake it in the uh, podcast and the writing part. Not fake it, but you can't see the physical lack of results. And, you know, while I'm good at having the conversation in my head, the action part is the hard part for me, of which I know I'm not alone, which isn't the same as being busy, of which I'm not alone, because it's easy to be busy. It's it's hard to be focused and constructive in such a way that we're making decisions that all stack up to take us where we want to go instead of being distracted or avoiding or, you know, whatever version of life we are creating for ourselves. So that... So that's why I thought I will ask that question today because I have noticed that as I was thinking about it more, I like the wildness part. And when you look up the word wild, it means all kinds of things from super negative to super positive, depending on how you define that. But I was interested in what its origins were, and mostly its origins were just the word itself. But there is some thought that it comes from the root word furious, which is fierce. And I love that word fierce. Are you fierce? And to me, that's such an energy strong word that I've always loved that word. So we're going to talk about wildness in terms of being fierce. But the interesting piece to that is that, as I thought more about it, is can you have wildness without freedom? And the more I thought about that, I thought it depends on which version of wildness you want. You can be wild from the perspective of no boundaries, no conformity all over the place. Or if you are free, you can be 
more wild in a way that is not destructive, but constructive. And sort of the interesting thing about nature is, you know, without human input, it is wild, but it is also disciplined. It's not everybody doing whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. You know, everything, predators don't consume just to consume and, you know, kill off all their food sources. The only time you see the destruction in a source of food is when you have overpopulation and then they eat too much food and then the population shrinks back and the type of food comes back. So there's a balance through discipline within nature that I think as humans, we sort of are have lost that. And that's part of our evolution back into who we are. And I thought about, you know, when I ask you, who do you want to be? And I think the better way to talk about that is instead of asking you who you want to be, if we think about it in a 24-hour cycle here, we're going to, we start with who am I now? Who am I right in this moment? And then who do I want to become? And that's really the pattern or the rhythm we can find in this 24-hour period when we talk about who we are versus what we do are our actions supporting who we are and how that relates to this idea of freedom versus wildness is I was thinking, you know, my fabulous example the other day when I can't run to the dog, but the sort of very essence of wildness, right, is running free, climbing. That's why I've been doing all those videos with the the free running where they're just grabbing, moving, scaling, jumping because there it feels like freedom to be able to run wild. You know, they call it free running when they're barefoot in nature just or urban environments, just using everything as part of their landscape, which is what, you know, nature does when it runs. It doesn't, it carves a path just because of routine, but it's capable of running and climbing and scaling. And the only way you can achieve that feeling and that skill is through the discipline of moving your body and becoming stronger. And, you know, you saw that in Avatar where he couldn't, you know, he was had trouble with his body and he had to learn how to be free in his body so that he could move with all that amazing dexterity. And so that's sort of the illusion about freedom and wildness as not having any discipline or focus. But yet when you really step back and observe it, you can't have one without the other. And freedom is really the idea that we have the freedom to make the choices about what we want to focus on and what we want to be disciplined about, that once we achieve that, we can actually move back into wildness because we understand the difference between contained and uncontained and which boundaries we can leap over and which boundaries we can't without, you know, crashing and burning and killing ourselves the first time out. And so that is what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to take a short break and be right back. Find table spaces, say your social graces by your head. They're pies here, but you and I
that's sort of she talks about rebels and you think about renegades and maverick and you think about all that stuff as as freedom and wildness but yesterday you know for those of you who are maybe new. I live in New Mexico and I'm about an hour away from Albuquerque. And in the headlines this morning was, I guess there was a Trump rally last night and the fabulous residents of Albuquerque went wild. I mean, they jumped on the cars, they were hitting the horses. I guess they even attacked somebody in a wheelchair. I mean, just this is why I don't like cities. And, you know, Albuquerque to me is a really scary place. And that is, I think, more proof that, but you think about, you know, I bring that up because, you know, freedom is the ability to say what you believe in. It's it's the ability to speak freely. Freedom isn't I get to kill, destroy, maim, and tear everything apart that I don't agree with at any cost to you because I'm right. And I think we sort of have this idea, as I, I looked up the word wild in on YouTube, and it was interesting the things that come up when you do that, but you know, one of the things that keeps coming up was wild animal attacks. And I didn't watch the videos, but the pictures were super graphic, you know, like a huge python snake killing a, a huge lion and, you know, tigers attacking, you know, big animals. I mean, there's just all this blood and ripping apart. And so we sort of think about ferociousness and wildness around animals, but that is so the exception and not the rule. I remember it wasn't very fun to look at, but I was watching, you know, five lions kill one lion and it was an environmental thing and I mean a territory thing. But it took about 10 minutes, but it wasn't this super humongous, vicious tear it apart. It was sort of like go in, pull back, go in and pull back. They were just kind of wearing him down. Um, and nature is really like that. It's not as aggressive as we make it out to be in the media and movies, because the truth is, is that's not very visually interesting. And so there, the, you always want to capture the, the exception. But most of life, as I keep telling you, you know, sort of operates around the rule, which is just super boring to look at. And you talk about the idea of freedom and wildness and what could be more of a snooze fest than, you know, getting up every day and doing, you know, 10 sit-ups the first day and 12 the second day and 14 the third day. And it's it's so tedious and boring. But what happens is, you know, within three months, you can just do amazing things because you've developed all this core strength. So, you know, it's you. We have to take a step back when we talk about the ideas of freedom and especially wildness, because I really, it, you know, it was occurring to me that I feel like I have a lot of freedom, but I think what I'm craving at a personal level is more wildness and living in such a natural setting. You know, I get to see wildlife versus domestic life, and how. The wildlife always excites me and the domestic life is boring to watch because it's it's so mundane and routine and, you know, what the cows do every day. And um, there's not much spark in the domesticated animals. You know, I look at my dog and he's only happy when he's running wild. He's completely unhappy. You know, technically he's he's my hostage, right? But he still has, you know, a, a degree of freedom. 
but he's happiest when he's the most wild, but he doesn't have the smarts. He doesn't have the discipline. He doesn't understand the rules because nobody ever taught him about being in the wild. He doesn't, he's not snake smart. He's not predator smart. He's not car smart. I think he might be car smart. My last dog, oh my God, right into the wheel. So, uh, you know, it's a, to truly appreciate our wildness, we have to, to first start with our freedom. And it is our freedom where we actually get to make the decision, you know, building on what we talked about last time, about what that freedom looks like. And as we become disciplined in the choices that we want to be free, then if wildness is something that's of interest to you, which is not for everybody, but if it's a, a something that attracts you, then you have the ability to navigate it. it you know, to me, wildness is more uncertainty. It's more, uh, it's more raw. It's more uh, out there. It's just not, you can't be wild, you know, in a shopping mall. It's, it's, you know, there's just more space, more energy, more freedom, more uncertainty, more unpredictability, which are things that freak most people out, which is why they go back inside. So this is not a conversation for everybody, but I do think it's an important conversation. We're going to talk about that in a moment. And we're going to take one more break and be right back. Actually, we're probably going to take more than one. We're going to take a break and be right back. So, hey, hey, we brought our drum and this is how we So I wanted to, uh, I watched another movie last night called Leone, and it was really interesting. It was about a woman named Leone Gilmore, and she it was she was born in the late 1800s. Um, she was in New York, and she met a Japanese man who was a poet, um, Yanni Noguchi, and, and they didn't officially get married, but they had a child, and he went back to Japan. She Eventually, she went back to Japan with the child, and she had a second daughter with an unknown father. But it was really interesting because she was not a nonconformist. As you know, I always have a thing about that. And how she raised her children was, you know, part of her, her nonconformity. And her oldest son, Isamu, Isamu, which means courage. Oh, see, I tried to remember it. Hold on. I can't remember it. Isamu Noguchi, um, you know, had the, he was half Japanese, half American. And so she lived in both places to teach him. But there was a point where he was about 10 and he didn't, he wasn't showing up for school. And, you know, up until that point, he would just, you know, touch things and draw on things. He just seemed, she really recognized his soul as an artist. And so she took him out of school. Um, they had just purchased a tiny piece of land. It was a triangle, a little tiny piece of triangle. And she gave this 10-year-old the mandate to build a house. <laughs> I'm thinking about today's world. And he didn't build it himself, but he designed it. And then, you know, the carpenters came in and the carpenters taught him how to use the tools. And and I bring that up because she she didn't 
conform. I mean, she allowed him to experience some wildness, right? Some nonconformity, some, you know, uncertainty, some free roaming, ranging, experimenting, just sort of all over the place without boundaries. And then, you know, a, a few years later, the, there were some more issues and racism and discrimination. And he, he, you know, it was a American Japanese issues. And so she sent him back to America to go to boarding school to keep him safe. And, and there he learned schooling and discipline. And he was on a track to be a doctor. And she came over, um, back, she moved back to America and, and in New York. And she pulled it, or she didn't pull him, but she told him, you know, you, you, you're not supposed to be a doctor. You're an artist. And after he struggled with that a little bit, he uh, moved away from, you know, medical school and then became an artist and went on to design some, you know, just incredible buildings. But I talk about that because it sort of exemplifies that you have to have both freedom and discipline and the understanding of consequences. And then the wildness part of you is allowed to really express itself and sort of the untamed, unrestrained, unconformed part of you has a way to be expressed. And that's sort of a thing I wanted to point out is that discipline is not the same as conformity. And we can't make anything happen in this world if we don't have some level of discipline because it's that day in and that day out. That's what really allows us to express and to know our freedom. That's what creates a place for true wildness to be expressed is the basic funda- foundational focus, discipline, accountability. And once you get that stuff under your belt, you have so much more freedom to be and do so much more because you have the tools, you have the skills to make it happen. And, and you know, she didn't, when he was born, she didn't say, I'm going to do this with my kid. But she she trusted her instincts and she, her mother was a big freedom advocate. So her mother instilled in her that you're responsible for creating your freedom, no matter what's happening, you just have to deal with the consequences. I'm like, where did I hear that before? And so, you know, these truths are true, whether you believe them or not, and they never pop up in your head. They're always floating around in the atmosphere. And when you're ready, you know, you pull them out and you get to act on them. But so I thought that was a really good example because she unknowingly and knowingly gave him both the experience of wildness, of freedom, of just create for the sake of creating and then discipline and the skill set to actually go forth in the world and make it happen and how we are, you know, I was thinking about how most kids that you just get sent to school and we don't get sent to school to become more of who we are. We get sent to school to conform. You know, we measure you by testing and by scores and being afraid to break the rules. And let's just be honest, the only time we really learn anything is when we fail. I read this article this morning about um, two girls who did a road trip in an RV for 10 days, you know, thinking that they would have this fabulous nature experience and they only did it for 10 days and you know I'm laughing because it's it was totally parallels what I go through is that how much time was spent surviving and how everything was a struggle and things were always breaking and how much work it all took and their fantasy you know of being creative and 
posting and working out in the middle of nowhere (laughs) was such a reality check. Again, electricity is awesome. Do not underestimate the power of electricity. And that's what I believe about free energy. I believe free energy exists, but until we learn the discipline of using the energy, we won't have access to it at an unlimited level. Because if we were to tap into it now, we would blow ourselves up because we're so, as a globe, we're so focused on the indulgent and the excessive that we don't have the discipline to use it so that everybody benefits. It doesn't benefit if you just, you know, suck it all out more, 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 me, 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 all about pleasure, all about stimulation, all about gratification, because you just have to look to nature and see that it doesn't work that way. You know, that the beaver, I, that was that documentary, you know, the beaver didn't store enough wood and spend it all winter going out onto the snow trying to feed itself and didn't make that mistake again. I mean, that is the beauty of nature is it shows us that you can have beauty, you can have cooperation, you can have freedom, you can have wildness, but there's still an underlying pattern of you know, not instinct, but more of a, you know, the child, the adults teach the children how to survive. This is what you do. And a lot of that is born into them, but it it doesn't exist by accident. There's a, a, a flow that goes with it. And humans have really lost that. We're not responsible for growing our food. We don't see how much work it takes to grow our food. We don't, so we don't appreciate, you know, this is a live animal that gave its life so I can eat. And this is how hard the farmers and the ranchers worked so that I could have food. It's, you know, there's, we've lost the integration with the world around us, which makes us less interested in being cooperative. But the very backbone of how nature works is the integration, the cooperation. It is all dependent on each other. Although, again, not sure about, I know flies break things down. Mosquitoes, I still have ticks, fleas. I don't know what they're for other than highly annoying. So that is just something to think about today because, you know, we've been talking about kind of practical stuff. You know, how do you live your 24 hours? What do you do in a day? Who do you want to be? Um, What kind of decisions are you making? You know, are you part of that 30, 50, 15? And and that was, you know, the takeaway for me, and I know I touched on it a little bit, is that it isn't about making everybody else wrong. It's about how do we integrate all these things within us? And then, you know, remembering not everybody is built the way we are. Not everybody seeks what we seek. And that's the really interesting thing about freedom that people just have who want freedom just have such a hard time getting is there's a lot of people who don't want it. And and when you, it's like, you know, it's like ice cream or chocolate. You just, it's so hard to understand somebody who doesn't like it or who doesn't want it. And you think, how, well, how can that be? <laughs> and, you know, then there's a whole group that gets really stuck on trying to convince other people to want what you want. And then you've wasted your precious time, your precious energy, trying to get people to want what you want. And that just doesn't happen. So we're going to take another break. And then we'll be right back. I lose my balance on these eggshells. You tell me to tread. I'd rather be a wild one instead. Don't want to hang around the in crowd. The cool kids aren't cool to me. They're not cooler than we are. So 
So as we wrap it down here, it's really, you know, I don't know why I decided that I needed to think about wildness, but I have been thinking about wildness. And and so I am offering that up to you to think about also. And, you know, it just, it's hard for me to imagine going back. That was what was interesting about reading about those girls is they just did it for 10 days and then they went home and they, you know, reintegrated into their life. And, and, you know, looking at the pictures, there's all these blogs and blogs and stuff. You know, I keep looking at it. What is everybody else doing? You know, still trying to figure out what I'm doing. And, and she even made the comment, you know, my Instagram account looks like I had this super fabulous time, but the reality, you know, there was good parts, but it was just really hard. And how uh, I was looking at somebody else who talked about, you know, the social media being the the idealized false version of self and of life and experience and how the the reality, you know, the day in and the day out just doesn't measure up. And so, you know, I don't know if it's part of maturity, if it's part of getting older. I think, you know, part of that is it's a generational issue because it didn't used to be a, a discussion. You just saw what your parents did and you grew up and you did the same thing. And there were people who bucked the system, but nobody really pretended like it was supposed to be this super easy fantasy version because you didn't have this constant exposure to the to the to the ideal you know to the the perfect image version and how real life doesn't measure up and so i think it it's becoming more and more difficult to do the day in and the day out and the hard work and the discipline you know for a couple reasons one is that we don't really have you know we don't have a uh a lot of ways to practice that and, you know, to train those muscles. And then we also have society, you know, pooping on us every, if we really want to buck the system, there's not a lot of encouragement for that. Um, And, but the other thing is, is that, you know, again, just so much information that is such my pet peeve right now in terms of there's just too much out there. And I keep, you know, there's all this Facebook stuff right now about them invading your privacy and, you know, tracking what's your, what's being said on your phone and all your phone conversations and all the censorship and all the control things that are into place to track you because it's really, you know, at the very, very bottom level of how they make their money is they're selling the information to people so that people can sell you stuff that you don't need or what to buy. And it's just more and more control, control, control. And how do you find real wildness if you live in a world that's absolutely controlled? There was another article this morning about augmented reality. I talked about, I've talked about virtual reality and I talked about the synthetic, you know, the the AI. What do you do if there's somebody doing your job for you? And augmented reality it was a uh, it's the kind of stuff that you see in the movies you, they still are wearing the headset but i assume at some point we won't even need that so instead of having a computer you just have the image and you use your hands to swipe i remember that in minority report it's been in a lot of future movies but that's sort of the next trend is that if you want to dissect the engine of a car you get a 3d virtual image in front of your eyeballs and you just start pulling it apart and you can see how it works and you know on the one hand so cool and on the other hand super creepy because you can't physically move if the images are all in front of you it's just 
there's this constant push to become more and more contained within the world's tiniest framework, living in a way that you don't experience what's real. You don't physically move. You don't deal with consequences because the consequences are controlled for you within a virtual or augmented reality or entertainment. And so that gets back to these decisions. And what do you want? Do you want freedom that you're responsible for that requires the effort and the day in and the day out? Does the wildness, which is really uncertainty, untamed, I like feral, you know, out and about, unconstrained, requires the discipline that we learn through freedom to really appreciate it and to be safe in it? Or do you want the kind where you just sit in a chair and stick on the headphones or the headset and disappear into, you'll still get the sensations, but you don't have the sense of achievement. And I was thinking about that. We're going to do one more thing here before we sign off is, you know, I was thinking about that in terms of the idea of legacy or posterity or what will you have to show for the course of your life? And, you know, I think that's something that we think about as we get older and, You know, most people have that within their children. They feel like there'll be some legacy because they've had children. And, you know, for those who don't have children, it's, you know, maybe you've built something, you know, like with the the, the guy I was talking about, Isamu Noguchi, he has all these buildings. The buildings will continue even after he died. But, But the truth is, is that everything physical, if you believe it's real, <laughs> everything physical will eventually be destroyed. And how, if if we make our decisions based on being remembered in a history that, you know, technically doesn't exist in the way that we think it does, but it takes away from the moment. It takes away so much from the decisions about the here and now when in all actuality, all we have is the here and now. And so, you know, on the one hand, it's like, who wants to be disciplined if I only have this moment? But it's the discipline in this moment that creates the next moment that has more freedom, more wildness, more beauty, more of the good stuff is all built on the back of all these tiny little steps. And our fear of any discomfort now is delayed gratification. You know, our fear of discomfort now, of not enough freedom now, really denies us about this whole concept of having more freedom later. And it all is still a state of mind. And I'm going to do one more thing. And the last thing I was thinking about in the context of all these fabulous issues I'm bringing up to you today is that, you know, what that what her mom, Leonie's mother, said to her is so true. I've been thinking about that so much because so many people are screaming about what's happening in the world as a way of it denying them their freedom or their rights when it isn't the world that's denying it. It's the focusing on the way that you believe it is being taken away from you instead of focusing on creating the version that you want for yourself. And and we do that because it's easier to sit around and, and point fingers and blame and make everybody responsible. And it's exciting. You know, it's exciting to be observant of what's going on right now. It's very exciting. But 
if you are looking around as and all you see is the loss of freedom, then you know, you're missing the bigger picture because really what's happening is the old system is breaking down so something better can come out of it. And I know that there's possibilities that there can be more confinement and there will be for some people. I just can't you know, overstress this polarization that's happening, how you have to decide what version you want, but it's our fear of the version we don't want, the fear of not being free that really takes the focus off what it is you need to do to create the most freedom. And it doesn't, you know, that's sort of this idea about freedom. Freedom isn't everything you want, when you want, how you want, no matter what else anybody else needs. It's not, it's not, uh, gluttony. It's not ego, you know, manifestation. It's it's freedom is a state of mind. It's a state of being. It's a willingness to allow the process to evolve, to get you to where you want to go. And we will never just be done and in one place. And so it's a, oh, this is just a lot of ideas in one day. So we started with the question, <laughs> do you want freedom or wildness or both? And I'm going to say my answer is both. And to truly have wildness, you have to start with the idea and the knowing that you're free. And to truly know freedom, you have to be willing to do the discipline and the the day in and day out and the accountability to create that real foundation that allows you to move into either more freedom and or more wildness if that's something that you want. And that's the journey I'm on. I don't know about your journey, but I am just here sharing you with sharing mine with you. So I hope that you are gaining some benefit of that. Um, as you know, you will find this at survivalroad.net on SoundCloud, The Journey with Jill. And we will be back on Friday. Who knows what we'll be talking about on Friday. It's two whole days away. So with that, I'm going to say thank you for being here with me, but most importantly, thank you for hearing my heart roar.